Welcome to Stories Not Stereotypes, Expat Encounters. I'm Nikki Moffat, bringing you today's story from my dining room in East Cobb, Atlanta, Georgia, where the smell of the gardenias is floating in with the spring breeze through my window, but where we will travel via Skype, our imaginations and some great stories to all sorts of locations around the world. Today is the first in the Expat Encounters series, where we meet some people that are living and have lived in various parts of the world and hear their individual stories. I'm fascinated by some of the many stereotypes found in the world at large. So I've set out via a series of conversations and topics to investigate them and report back via these podcasts. Stereotypes are there, but they're never the full story. In this first ever expat encounters, I'm speaking with Ava, Ava's from the Netherlands, and almost five years ago, she and her husband Joost and their three children packed their suitcases and headed off for adventure. I met Ava when we both lived in Durban, and we've stayed in touch since. She graciously agreed to give her time to be the first guest in this series, Stories Not Stereotypes, Expat Encounters. I haven't quite conquered my inner Oprah yet, and we just started talking while I was testing the Skype recording tool before I got around to the formal introductions which you will hear a little later. One of the subjects we touched on was living in different English-speaking countries when English is not your mother tongue. It can be trickier than you think. Do you use any words that, to help you be better understood? No, because I pronounce things incorrect anyway, because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a native English speaker, so, and I keep mistaking, you know, fast, fast, <laughs> things like that. I do, I do that wrong all the time. There's a few things that are different here that a new a few, you know, you had those South African sayings and here there's other things that people not use in a slang kind of way, but I don't know, the things you, you hear all the time that are different. In, in South Africa, everyone would say, oh, are you keen, keen to go? And then in the beginning, I thought, what does it mean? And then I finally understood Then we left. And now here, nobody says, are you keen to go? <laughs> Some, sometimes they say, oh, yeah, I'm game, you know, I'm game. So it's, it, there are definitely different things. Costume is different. You know that in South Africa, I, I must have told you that too, that in the beginning we were invited to birthday parties. And then on all those invitations, it mentioned, bring your costume. Boris went as a Zorro, as a pirate, and then all the other kids were, in, were not dressed up. They were in their bathing suit. And that's why when we learned that the costume means <laughs> that is thing up, it's bathing suit. Yeah, swimsuit. Okay, so Ava is joining us from Bentonville in Arkansas. Ava is, well, she can tell you herself. So welcome, Ava. Thank you. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and where you've been? Um, well, we moved from the Netherlands in 2010 with three really young kids. The eldest was j just turned five then. Then uh, that's Boris. Then I had Lucy, and she just turned two. And I had Bobby, and she was only five months. And then we went to Durban in South Africa. And there we lived for three years and we just moved one and a half year ago to Bentonville. Okay, so I imagine they're quite different places. Well, yeah, yeah. Durban is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. It's totally different <laughs> countries. And, it's, and it's, in, in the, it's also a little bit the same because Bentonville is as big as Durban, I would say. So it's, it has basically a bit of the same feel. It's not that big, you know, it's, it's just a small town, but it has a lot of facilities and it attracts a lot of people. And I don't know, it's actually quite, I, I, well, we, we like it. It's, I think it's because Walmart attracts a lot of people. So it's not like a small town. Yes, it's, yeah, because it's, it's got an international flavor to yeah, it. Yeah, too. But also, there's also a lot of, I, I, it's easy to meet locals as well, I think. I have a few friends that are locals too. So that, that's easier, I think, than in, in Durban even. You first moved to Durban. Yeah. First day, first time in Durban, what did you think? What did you learn? What was, what was happening? I think it was just one big adventure. It was really nice. We were there really tired. But I don't know, it felt like the start of a really nice adventure. It was warm. 
very warm. It was it's it's like opposite in South Africa from the Netherlands. It was really humid, really warm, beautiful day. We went with a cap <laughs> with all our suitcases. It was just nice. <laughs> and we saw all the monkeys in the garden immediately. So, yes. And did you come yeah. to love the monkeys? <laughs> no, no, not really. But it's. I still remember that Boris took off his shoes on the first day. And I said, no, 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 you can't take off your shoes. But I don't know. It <laughs> felt like it, maybe it was an instinct with him because everyone was barefoot all the time there. That's what the, the kids were barefoot all the time. We even went barefoot to school. I know, right? So as soon as they got to school, they just used to take their shoes off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Boris did that on the first day. I, I still remember. It's so funny. And the ocean and the sea, because we had to spend the night there before we went to our to our house that we rented. So, so you so you already had your house all set up, or you... yes, we could, yeah, we could move in the next day with all the rental stuff. So with rental furniture and now the really big couches, and yeah. then uh, they brought it, and then they said, "Oh no, but we can't bring it today because it it might be raining." And then we thought, well. I don't know, maybe you can come anyway because rain wouldn't stop you. But then we learned the other day that they bring it in an open van. So right. rain would prevent you from bringing your stuff. So that were the first cultural differences as well. Yeah, and I guess that's Africa, right? So I remember for our house, we had to wait for a month for our, our container to arrive and we didn't have rental furniture. So, but I was getting a fridge delivered and the guy rang me and said, oh, we're going to be there just now. So yeah. I stopped everything I was doing and raced to the house. Yeah, just And now, uh, two hours race, later, uh, I called the guy back and I said, where are you? And he said, we'll be there just now. I said, well, that's what you told me two hours ago. He said, yeah, that's right. Just now. We'll be there now, now. Well, now, now. If they'd said now, now, then, then I, I would have been fine. But just now is kind of like a, a length of time that's unattainable. What are your favorite memories of Durban? I think starting a business and really because of that, exploring the country and going to places that you would normally not visit because we had to buy fabric everywhere and find someone to sew stuff and so we really seen a lot of places and made really nice connections. Yeah, so so tell yeah. us a bit about that because when you were in Durban you started a business which was nothing like your background. Um, no, I never did anything with I studied law in the Netherlands, so I worked for the government and then when I moved I thought well, I I really like being a mom but I also want to do something for myself and that's how we came up with the idea of starting a business. And I think it doesn't really matter what you're going to do as long as you do something because one thing will definitely lead to another. So we just started it and we started making our own sleep sacks and skirts. And so we had to make a logo, a website, buy fabric. We had no clue what kind of fabric you could buy. So we went to all kind of factories and bought fabric in town and met really a lot of nice people. Okay, and so that business is, uh, you started it with somebody else who's also Dutch, also was an expat? Yeah, also an expat. Okay, and she's still in Durban? Yes, she's still living there. She's and, still, and she's still running the business, so I okay. guess until she will move. And how's the business going? I mean, what's your involvement now you've left? Because that's one of the things about starting a business and then moving to another country. Yeah, well, that's hard, and that's what if you if you that's hard. But it's also if you start thinking like that, you won't start a thing because you're moving all the time. So the things you will build will will fade away. In starting with that in mind won't help you any further. So we just started and and just had to see where it, where it would go. So I started it here and selling it at a few shops, and as long as that goes okay, it's fine. But it's it's not easy because you have to transport it wherever you go. So it's easier to do something when you're flexible, when you don't have a product that you want to sell. I think that's easier. Right. So the, the company is called Cowgirls, is that right? The business. Yes. And it started with sleep sacks, which are just like the sleeping bags that babies sleep in at night. Yes. Because you saw a gap in the market in South Africa? Yeah, yeah. There, there definitely was a need for it because there were no sleep sacks. But that's also the thing that you, when you are in, when you're coming from 
another country, you think that everything, especially with the first move, you think that everything that you do in your country is normal. Yeah. <laughs> so when you move, you start seeing that other people do differently. And the first time you think, or your first maybe year, you still think that everyone else is doing strange things. Because what you do in your country is normal. So we had sleep sex and we thought that was perfectly normal. So we, we tried to introduce it to South Africa. And it went actually quite well. So we did a few classes. We went to those um, moms and tots classes and baby classes and tried to explain the product. Yeah. And that's really nice to do. And we sold at, um, at the big stores as well. So that was also really nice. So every time, and at markets. So they yeah. organized a lot of markets that was upcoming in South Africa. So the business went really well. From baby sleep sex, we did also skirts and we did shirts and we did a, a fashion show. That was already when I left, so I ended that. So it's more her reward. That yeah. was really nice. Yeah, it was really cool with little models in our in our skirts and shirts and dresses. And Cute. Yeah, it was really nice. So you started it with Anne, who's also Dutch. D- yeah. Was there a was there a large Dutch community in Durban? Yeah, there there was a a, a small Dutch community, I would say. I think uh, just ten families or something, and that was really nice because the kids could speak Dutch with each other, and it's also nice to have people with similar background together. You can have you have the same jokes and the same. Yeah, you kind of have the same cultural referral points. So things that are yeah, funny so, to you. So it's nice. It's nice. It, it's just nice to sometimes meet people and you can just speak in your own language. That's really nice. You speak Dutch at home, I guess, with your husband and with your kids. Yeah. You have to concentrate really the whole time to speak English with everybody else. Or, yeah, well, or now your English is so good, it doesn't oh, matter. You don't think about I, it. I, I do. I do. I, I have to think about everything I say. <laughs> And I think Joost does too, but he doesn't really care. He's not that, he just speaks before he thinks and I do, I'm the other way around. So, but for the kids, it's easy. They just, they they are more English than Dutch. We do want them to speak Dutch at home, but well, they often speak English amongst each other or they mix it. Yeah. In South Africa, were you friends, were your friends mainly in the Dutch community, in the local community, in the expat community? I mean, how, how did you, how did you, that work for you? Uh, I think a bit of everything. Yeah, a bit of everything. But at, at more expat Dutch than locals, because that was just a little bit harder. It's, it's harder to, it's not easy to make friends. You know, people are having, leading their own life. And when I compare it to when I was living in the Netherlands, I would, I would say that I would lead my own life and was not that busy with expat living there. They had their expat community. And that's thing, yeah, I think that was for me now the same. So I had a lot of international friends and a few local friends, but not that many. What's different about Bentonville from Durban for you as a family? Well, Bentonville is in the middle of America. <laughs> there is no sea, Nikki. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really miss the ocean. I really miss the ocean. Really, really, really. Me too. There's no ocean in Atlanta either. Just oh. FYI. But it's closer, though. It's five hours. It's yeah, not that close. I would do it. I would do it. You know what? I... And, and distances are different, too, because we went to Orlando uh, with, over Christmas, and then we drove... I think one and a half hour to go to the beach. Oh, you did on the same day because it was so close. So strange. We would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think of it in the Netherlands because you just had you, you just literally crossed the country. Yeah. <laughs> but now I do. So distances are a little bit different now that we've moved two times. What about the kids in schools? Do they have a preference? You know, for their school here versus their school there, or just different stages for them? No, I don't think so. I, they really liked the South African school. Boris really liked his school. Boris was the only one who went to school in the Netherlands for a year. And he had really close friends there. Yep. A really nice group of four or five boys. And South Africa, I think he likes it better here. It's a little bit more loose, so he likes that. He can wear his own clothes. He doesn't have to wear a uniform. And the girls, I think, are equally happy. They're, yeah, and they're very fortunate. So the girls go to private school, which we could never do in the Netherlands. So it's a really nice school. 
both. In South Africa, was nice. Here, was nice too. It's a little for Boris, it's a little less strict here, so that's nice. What I didn't really like in South Africa was all the the awards that were handed out for this boy had 98 in debt, and then there had like awards for the best this and the best that and whatever. It's less. I have a feeling that it's less competitive here. Right. Yeah, that, that's true, I guess. But you know, all the things that I'm telling you now are so normal to me, and maybe also to people from South Africa, but from the Netherlands, you wouldn't even... The other day, I took a picture of the car line, because I don't know how this you, <laughs> but I picked my kids up in a sort of drive-through situation, yeah. the girls. Boris comes, and then I took a picture for a friend. I was on the telephone with her, and I said, oh, well, here, this is where I am now. <laughs> oh, look, the girls are brought to my car, and then... <laughs> I don't know, put in the place in the car like a, like a little package. I really <laughs> had to get used to that in the beginning because I couldn't hug them. And I like that, you know, when you walk yes. in the best, I think that's the best moment of the day that you walk in school and that those, I don't know, that they run up to you and hug you. So that was really strange in the beginning. I'm used to it now. The carpool line. The yeah. car, yeah. So, did, yeah, like a drive through <laughs> Pick up kid thing. It's so funny. Moving it in countries internationally is is it's quite a challenge, especially you moved to South Africa with a five month old baby. I mean, moving just with your partner, let alone moving with a family, is pretty tough. What do you think you gained personally or as a family? I think as a family we really bonded because you spend so much time together and it's like an adventure you go on and you manage doing that together then you explore a country together and we travel together we would have never traveled that much in the netherlands yeah so it's really a bonding experience and it's you also you know when we moved i just realized that okay these years i've lived there and i've seen them grow and i can relate it to a certain period when you stay in one place all the time you it's just everything on a big bunch i don't know how to explain it but it's you can relate certain ages to a country, which is really nice. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. So it's, that is nice and we can just, I don't know, it's really nice to explore together. It really makes you stronger as a family, I think. Yeah. And personally it was, well, in the beginning I didn't really like it because I had to give up my job and move to a country and didn't know what to do because I couldn't work. But then I, what I've realized is that you... Well, you are the only one that can make you happy. And if you want to be happy, you have to do whatever it takes. And for me, that meant that I had to find something that had an intellectual challenge as well, so that I could develop some skills and whatever. So I started writing. and Yeah, So, and that's what I was going to say. What's something that you can do now or you're doing now that you think you never would have done if you hadn't moved away? I mean, do you think you would have... You know, started a clothing business and no, gone never. into writing? No, no. I would have never started a clothing business. I wouldn't have wouldn't have started a blog. I didn't even know what a blog was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. So I was just I was just writing little pieces for my family at home. And then someone said, Oh, maybe you can stop emailing I don't know if that was what was a, a negative comment maybe you can start a blog and then I said well what is a blog so that's how I learned everything and that's when I started a blog and now I'm illustrating as well so I, I would have never done that I always like to be creative but you, you I don't think you you take time to do those things even though you shoot yeah you should but you, yeah. you when you're stuck in your life wherever it is even if it's in another country sometimes you lose perspective of the whole big picture, I guess, in a way. You write for a magazine in Arkansas and you write about routines, which I am really, I love and I read I read them all and I'm interested in. So can you tell me a little bit about how that got started? Well, routines, uh, I had a discussion in the Netherlands with someone about how your life speeds up when you get older or you have to, that feeling at least. And if you capture the things you eventually want to remember, and I thought, well, we take a lot of pictures about birthdays, celebrations, blowing out the candles. and But are those the things that that really describe you as a person? And are those things, those the things that you want to remember? And then I thought, well, 
I, what I really would like to have a picture of is drinking tea with my mom or, you know, that your dad came home with grocery bags or whatever, but you never take pictures of those moments. So it's like those in-between moments that you, that are just part of life because you have to do them. But some of them are really nice and you can turn them into ri into rituals. So instead of a routine, you if you do it consciously, you can create really nice memories and also make it more fun. So that's what I thought was the truth. But then I started interviewing people and it's, well, it's nice. All, this, all the people I interview about their routines and about their daily life and maybe rush hours are really nice. We all do the same things, but we all do it slightly differently. So it, it just, well, we are, we are all unique. And that's really nice. And the illustration, did you, have you always drawn or painted or this is just new? No, this is new. <laughs> I just add something that's really time consuming to what, I, what I'm already doing. <laughs> just to make my life a little bit more complex than it already is. No, it's, and I really like to do that because it's, it's I don't know, I can, I can make a total product by doing that. So it's completely mine and I can visualize and I, I really already had, always have images in my head, but I didn't know if I could do it. So now I'm just, I just started it and we'll see where it goes. I, I just love them. I think they're so sweet and I can't believe you've never done it before. It's like you're a professional. Oh, really? Well, that's really sweet. <laughs> and your routines, you write them for an Arkansas magazine, but you yeah. also put them on your blog in Dutch as well. Is that right? Um, I don't translate these. Oh, you I, don't translate the routines? No, no, no. I, I started in English. I started everything in Dutch, but soon I realized if I do things in Dutch, then a lot of people can't read it, and that's really annoying for them because when I see posts in another language I don't always like it because it feels like you're excluded from something so I thought well I have to change it so I I'm, my main language is now English and then I do translate some pieces in Dutch okay. or other way around so do you write for any magazines in Holland or online publications there yeah I did a few I do a few online and I do one print that's a that's a Dutch magazine but it's in English so it's for uh, people from the Netherlands living in uh, the States and Canada. That's interesting that the magazine's in English not in Dutch. Yeah it's the the target audience I think is a little bit older so they immigrated like years ago. Okay so they're so, totally immersed. Yeah I think so so I illustrate that as well and that's also the, um, the editor is really nice she challenges me a lot. One of the things that I'm like I'm investigating through this series of conversations is stereotypes and you know whether they exist and if they exist are they bad or should we worry about them or not or whatever the word expat is that a word in Dutch uh, yeah I, th uh, I think we just use that word you I, do, that I, word. I wouldn't know I wouldn't know how I would translate it no I think we just call it expat yeah so if you're a Dutch family who move overseas for various reasons with the intention of one day moving back to Holland because it's not you're not emigrating you're you know yeah you would call yourself an expat uh yeah I would say expat expat okay if you're Dutch and you hear the word expat does it does it evoke a stereotype for you oh uh, gosh then I have to think back to when I was not an expat yet myself I think what well, the stereotype is the lady with the pool <laughs> Sipping cocktails all day, having a nanny for everything, uh, having a cook and someone to clean the house, ironing your sheets, doing making your bed. You know you, that you don't have to do a thing and that it's really nice that you don't have to do a thing. Okay. That's and, I think the stereotype. That is a stereotype. So that is a stereotype sort of in England and Australia and English-speaking countries. I just wondered if it was the same stereotype in yeah. Europe. Yeah. I couldn't judge for other people, but I think that's what I thought when I was not traveling yet. Okay, and then you got to South Africa, and what do you think? Well, there I had a pool <laughs> <laughs> to clean my everything, so I was not even I was not even a housewife. And when I I went to a party, and then someone said, "Oh, and are you working?" And then I said, "No," and I said that a little bit like a shame because I really wanted to, but I did I had no clue yet what to do. 
And then she said, oh, you're also not working. Oh, you're a lady of leisure. And that sounded even worse than housewife because housewife implicates that you at least do something in the house. Well, anyway. Yeah. So I, th I thought it was really hard because I didn't want to live by that stereotype. So I really wanted to work. And eventually I think you, you can. And now that we live here in the States, there is a, I, I have the feeling that a lot of people move a lot of Americans move and just follow a career opportunity. And that's a more logical description for an expat is that you follow um, the opportunities on your path. Yes. Because I, that's yeah. basically what you do. Yes. I think everyone, you have to do the thing that you really like to do. And everyone has different things that you really like to do. So what I did when I moved to South Africa is first figuring out what do I like to do. And that was basically the hardest part. Because if you if you want to be really good at golf, then it's a really good place to be. So <laughs> golf but, is a social skill no, where we lived. Yeah. But I think we, yeah, true, also true. But I think you could really excel in it. And But I didn't want to. So it, I think that was really the hardest part. But on the other hand, spending really a lot of time with my family I felt really privileged and I still do because that would have been a struggle in the Netherlands. You know, you have to send your children to daycare and you, uh, when there's an ill child, you have to find out, oh gosh, who's going to take care of my children tomorrow because they're sick or, and who's going to, uh, I don't know, that, that's a juggle and we didn't have to juggle that much. In, so, in South Africa, yeah. Yeah, so, so it is true that is some, some things are easier than when we would have stayed in the Netherlands that def that's definitely true yeah. but it, you yeah well we do miss family and friends and so yeah it's a balancing act some things are a little bit better some things are not so nice so. okay so what are the things what's the most culturally confronting thing you've you've come across in South Africa or in the US J just from your background um uh, well Dutch people are really direct. Yep. So I would say I'm I'm quite direct and I really like the Dutch humor that's also very direct. And you don't really have to worry in the Netherlands that you say something wrong because you can say a lot of things. And yep. in other countries that's not so much true. So you don't you don't, you easily offend people. So we really had to had to adjust and I think we both did. Yeah, and you know, and what what I just mentioned before is that, well, I thought that when you live in a country, that the way you live there is the truth. So when you move, you see all these different habits, and then you think, oh yeah, but we are from the Netherlands, and we do different, we do things differently. And then we moved again, and we we saw again that people are doing it differently, and we thought, okay, they are actually not strange. We <laughs> <laughs> so. I actually think, yeah, the second move was the hardest for me. Like from really? moving from Hong Kong to South Africa okay. was much harder for me than moving from Australia to Hong Kong. Why? Well, because I thought that I knew what I was doing. You know, I, I was a bit like, well, not like you, but in, in Hong Kong, there's a big expat community and it's a lot of things are geared to expats because the, the main language isn't English. Um, there's also, I worked for an Australian company um, there's a big Australian community. I moved to South Africa and I thought, oh, I can speak the language. I'm good. I can speak English, one of 12 languages. And there were no Australians. Uh, I found it, and the expat community was really small. And as you said, in South Africa, it is tricky, particularly in Durban, to make local friends. So yeah. I found it really hard. I think I met you after I was over the hardest part. But... <laughs> For the first year, I think I met people and said how miserable I was. I don't remember because the second year I would meet people again at like an annual event and they'd say, and how are you? Because you really weren't very happy last time. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed, but I just, you know, I, I found it really, really hard. But I, I have to be honest, it was it was really tough for me. I can imagine. Well, it's also more like a fact when you move the second time, you really, the first is a little bit an ex 
exploration period. Like, oh yeah, well, I, I am an expert now, but you know, you never know what's, what's, what will be next. And then you move again and you're an expert again, and then it's suddenly formal. And yeah. I feel like you, you really now, well, this is the time that I really have to do something and find something to do for me too. I think it's more... Yeah, I think that's the thing. I was working in Hong Kong and I couldn't work in South Africa, similar yeah. to you. And, you know, I'd never found that thing that you found, which which is so amazing. Um, I went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro instead. I think that's yeah. what I did. That's really nice too. <laughs> but I, I think that's what saved me. You know, I, I don't know. I just I had to do something and that's what I did. Yeah, I, well, and yeah, so cultural for me personally was the, I guess, the, the big difference in coming from the Netherlands, being really direct, moving to that country. Yeah, and cultural, it's, it's so different in South Africa. Everyone is different. And that you had someone in your house all day that I had to get used to, but that were just the adjustment things. That was not yeah. so, so really strange. Everything was different. Do you think people also um, give stereotypes to Dutch people? So now, now you've met a lot of people that have probably never met a Dutch person before. But <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, well, people here. Uh, we were at a party the other day, and then people asked us, "So, what are the stereotypes about Americans?" <laughs> so, Jos and I looked at each other and thought, "Okay, how are we going to be really polite?" And then they said, "Yeah." Well, you can say it. <laughs> and then, well, we—I don't know. There's not really a lot of stereotypes. I think. Americans in general are really friendly and you know things like that but then we asked them so what do you think of the Dutch and then they they said yeah I don't think we have any stereotypes of Dutch people so I thought you know it's such a small country people just don't know it yeah so see, I would say the stereotypes I grew up with Dutch people are that they're quite tall <laughs> yeah um and they wear a lot of clogs you know <laughs> yeah but that's yeah yeah, so maybe they would. Yeah, that would be that would be a good description because you know you you expect them to be. You know, they might be a little bit rude and really direct, but that's not the that's not that's not a stereotype people have here of Dutch people. No, no tulips. They tulips, know, yes, tulips is a Dutch stereotype. We organized a Dutch party last week, having no other Dutch people around. We ask everyone else to dress orange, with every, which everyone did, and it was so nice. And then we all we did all those typically old Dutch games, and that was also nice. And then we a lot of people brought us tulips, so tulips are the flowers are really connected to Netherlands. I would say that. I didn't know many Dutch people in Hong Kong, but I feel like there was quite a big community in Durban, given yeah. the expat community was so small. Yeah, and the orange. I didn't know how much the orange played a part. I guess. I don't know why that is, but now consider me educated about orange. What 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 is your what is your view on Dutch people now? Then how did it change? Well, I'm just saying, like I grew up, I, I I grew up very far away. I visited Europe a couple of times. I mean, we had a Dutch exchange student live with us when I was in high school. I went to Europe and I I got a charm for my charm bracelet, and it was a clog. Oh, okay. and a and a windmill. <laughs> so typical <laughs> and um and that's kind of it i don't think I, apart from our exchange i don't think i had sort of many friends who i would say were dutch and you know now i've you know i climbed i climbed mount kilimanjaro with a dutch or the head dutchy yeah. um so I, I i don't know i just i i see them differently you know like you obviously love sports as well it's just different sports to what we love yeah um you know, and, and the traditions that you have. And the bike riding, I don't think I was I was that aware of the bike riding. I I'm now know about, you know, I love your bike with the big wagon on the front. Do you ride that around Bentonville? Well, it's, a, it's quite hilly here. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's hard to ride it here, but it's, we shoot. Yes. It's not that hard. We can always, there's actually only one big hill, so we can easily push it up and last week we we used it as well and the kids loved it all the kids loved it they asked us oh do you ride this every day do you do this every day with the kids they loved it and is that like that's common in holland right in in the netherlands that oh yeah, bikes yeah. Like that. yeah that big bike i rode it to school to drop off boris and then to work and yeah i'm back and that's because it's all flat 
it's pretty flat. So yeah. bikes are a big thing. You know, bikes are huge. And I guess... I've... And it's, it's, it's really packed. So the Netherlands is a small country, but there's a lot of houses and buses and trams and traffic and whatever. So it's really busy. And then a bike is really handy because you can easily go from one place to the other in yeah. the time. Yeah. What, what are the, some of the best things that people have said to you about you or about where you're from or where you're going to? I think they really, well, people are always amazed how fast we integrate. So yeah. I don't know if we, we would agree with that because you always want it to be faster. You know, you always want to make friends first minute, whatever. But I think people think that we've lived here longer than we actually do. And it's a, the same goes for Joost. So then they always ask, have you only been here for so many months, but it feels like you've been here forever. So I think that's, that's a huge compliment. Yeah, absolutely. What is something that I would think is strange about the Netherlands, do you think? Like, what is something that you feel is just normal every day, but you like, yeah, people might find that strange. So what, would be, what would be really Australian, just to get a feel for the question? Um, I don't know. Well, I just educated all my, uh, some friends here the other day on what chucking a sickie is, which I don't, I'm not proud of, and I actually have never done, but it's an Australian iconic tradition Chucking a sickie means that you don't go to work. You're not sick, but you just decide that today you're not going to work. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good example. No, that's it. That's that's very interesting. But that's <laughs> I think it's a good example. No, but it's a cultural thing that if I said in Australia I was chucking a sickie, people would know that I am not sick, but I am not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't. Have, well, we. We celebrate well, we celebrate um, King's Day with all the orange stuff and do really crazy and that it's and we cycle everywhere. I think those are things that are already so normal to me, but would be really strange here. I think it's really normal to cycle, but here everyone just goes in the car and we cook every day. Yes, the Netherlands cook every day. We don't go out for dinner, and also not if. Children are eat for free. You know, we eat <laughs> healthy meals and we we don't have drive-throughs. You don't have drive-through Starbucks? No. Or, or drive-through banks? No, no. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Drive-through banks. Drive-through kids pick up is just you, you you just go to the school and you wait outside with all the other parents and then all the kids come out of the school. That's how that's how it goes, and then you walk them home because normally you can walk or ride a bike or and yeah. kids go are really go go to school by themselves. I think Boris would be would easily go to school by himself this age on his bike. So I think those things are make Dutch people Dutch. Yeah. What what's something that you've learned about yourself from being an expat that maybe you have learned anyway as you grew up, but you know that you think that your living overseas experience has taught you about yourself? That's a good question. What did I learn about myself? I think that there's a lot of things that you can achieve if you really want to, that I really like to spend a lot of time with the children as well, even though I never thought I would be that type of mom, but I really enjoy having them around in the afternoon. I think I said it before, but only you can make you happy. So in the beginning, I would say to Joost, yeah, and it's your fault and we have to travel and now I can't do anything and it's all your fault. But I can also turn it into a positive experience and dedicate my time as wisely as possible and do whatever is possible within that time frame and within the possibilities there are. That's what I've learned too, that I can do that, that I can be really self-disciplined and work towards a goal. When you move, you have to say goodbye to friends, which is very hard. Yeah. Do, do you find it different saying goodbye to expat friends or friends you've made as an expat as opposed to friends in the Netherlands because you know that one day you'll probably live there again? Yeah, that makes it easier that you will come back. And I find it harder to, to stay in touch as well with expat friends. Yeah, because the... the the amount of friends just grows. Right. <laughs> it's quite, 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 quite challenging. Yeah. I know what you're saying and I agree. Like if I'd stayed in Australia, I would have the same friends, maybe a few more. Yeah. But now I've got like literally hundreds more friends, I hope, <laughs> than I had before because I've lived in three different countries and I've made friends, you know, and 
they're your good friends. Like you say, you have to make friends more quickly. I mean, you have to have people you can call in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, and they're friends that it's hard to say goodbye to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You really have to be, yeah, you, you never have them in the beginning though. So then, and then for school, you need those emergency contacts. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you going to list for emergency contact when you just move to a country? That's always really, and I think everyone experiences it. So then we always do the neighbor. What do you do? Yeah, I, I do a neighbor. So here in America, it was easy because um, it's a bus stop. So my kids were getting on the bus. So I'd like, oh, that kid's the same age as my kid. Hi, I'm Nikki. Can I put you as my emergency contact? Because yeah. here we have the kids can't who are less than eight years old can't get off the bus if they're not if their parents aren't there. Oh, so you have to fill in a form with all the people that can get your kid off the bus. But I think you kind of get a little bit bold about that, you know, and people really don't say no. No, true. true. But, but saying goodbye is hard. And, but eventually you will make those friends and then the list can be really long. If you had something that you didn't have to give up from the Netherlands. I mean, part of moving is the adventure and the excitement and, you know, going to a supermarket that has different stuff sometimes. What would you want to have from the Netherlands all the time if you could, you know? Let's just say your family is a given. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, yeah, that would be really nice. No, what would I have from the Netherlands all the time? Dutch humor. Dutch humor? Yeah, okay. that's what I really miss. So that's why, but that's also, that's where social media comes in because I just use Twitter for that. But it would be really nice to make jokes sometimes and not offend people. <laughs> Do you keep up with Dutch TV? Yeah, well, we, we don't watch, we don't even have television here. We do, but only to watch movies. So I just use a channel that's called um, Miss Program, something like that. So I can watch Dutch programs just a day after or whenever I want to. So I do that sometimes. So I watch, and we watch the Dutch news with the children every day. So every day? Yeah, there's a Dutch uh, uh, version for kids. So that's 10 minutes and we watch it every day with, uh, with them. That's They're good. You know, that's one thing I found about Dutch people in South Africa. And obviously you continue here. All the kids did Dutch school, like online, Dutch yeah. things online. Yeah. Um, and that there's a Dutch news channel for kids and you watch it together every day so they know what's going on. And we do too. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be okay after watching the Dutch children's news. Dutch children's news. <laughs> is it a, like a watered down version of events or does it give all the nitty gritty? Oh, oh yeah, you should you should have a look at it. It's it's really a, an an easy version of the of the normal news. And then sometimes they have like funny things. They're often from the United States. <laughs> and now, that, now that I live here, then I then I always say so Yoast and I watch it with Yoast and Boris and then they know it now because I always say, okay, where in the United States? Because that's what they do. You know, it's it's not like you wouldn't say so. And the and the Dutch prime minister went to Europe. You would no. say he goes to Spain, and then even you would say he goes to Madrid or whatever. But here they always say, yeah. And then we have some really nice facts from the United States. <laughs> it just gives a really nice overview of what's happening in the world and in the Netherlands, and that someone rescued little ducklings in the United States. What about, is it something you miss from Durban? Like for me, it's 320 days of sunshine. I'm a big fan of sunshine. Yeah. And that, and the beach there, right there was, you know, I mean, that's, apart from the people, obviously you have to give people, you know, your friends. But is there something you miss from Durban that you don't, can't get here? I do really, I really miss, miss the sea. I really love the sea and the light. The light was so beautiful. The light was. Yeah, the light and, the, and the, the game reserves that you could go for a weekend to a game reserve. That's, that was amazing. And the people were so friendly and happy. And given the circumstances, you, I don't know, you would, you would expect them not, maybe not to be so happy always. But there was always something alive, something that would make them, you, you all, I would always have the feeling that they could start dancing every minute yeah <laughs> yes and that, that was that was really nice just to enjoy 
to be really happy. That's what I really like there. And as you say about the light, that's so true. And the lightning storms that you used to see over the ocean were just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have a lot of lightning here too. Oh, do you? Tornado Alley, huh? Tornado Alley. Tornado, tornado Alley. <laughs> so have you had a tornado? Do you have a basement in your house? Yeah, we, we spent, there's cookies there. <laughs> we, spent, <laughs> we spent 20 minutes there so far. Okay, and do you put on your bike helmets and get in the bath? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not yet. We could. I will send you a picture. We, so, we just put cookies there and something to drink. The important stuff. As long <laughs> so, as the Wi-Fi doesn't go out. My kids are fine no, as long as the Wi-Fi doesn't go out. No, yeah. We had the beanbags there the other, the other day and then the, the iPads, indeed. You're, you're 18 months into where you're living now. Will you move to another country? You're open to it? You don't know? Well, what we've always said is that at a certain point in time, we, we just want to go back, uh, especially for the children to have education for a longer period in time in the same place. Yeah. Coming from the Netherlands, it would be logical that it's there because family and friends are there. So it would be strange to settle somewhere else than there. You know, I had my high school period for six years in a row in one place, and I think that's really important for them to guarantee a certain basis that they that they belong somewhere. We left 12 years ago, and we said we'd be back by now. Oh, really? Yeah, because we left with a baby, and then yeah. we got another one. Um, and we said we would be back for high school. We yeah. left for three years, <laughs> yeah. and it's 12 years later. But, it, yeah, I, I, people have different views. Um, on what they want to do and how they want to do it. And yeah, just... it's it's easy for for me to say now because we Boris is nine, so we still have a few years until he's twelve and high school starts in the Netherlands, and here it's even fourteen. Yeah. So it's easy, you know, to say it now, but you never you're you're always it depends on opportunities, of course, too. So what? Where would you like to go? My husband always says to me, you know, if you could go anywhere, where would you go? Do you guys talk about that? Yeah, nah. I I actually like to be in a country where I can work. You know, I if I if you if I would be in a country that's culture really interesting, but that's challenging Wi-Fi wise, for example, then I then I have to that I have to make my own yogurt. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's really then every all my time would go to those projects instead of doing something that I really like to do. You know, I discovered what I like to do, so I'd like to be able to do what I like to do. Sorry. <laughs> what? I'm still laughing about them making your own yogurt. <laughs> well, I think, I think there are countries where you have to do that. You know, that's culturally really interesting. And then, I don't know. Right? No, or I hear you. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I'm not moving there either. I like to buy my yogurt in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And my children won't go on holiday if they don't know about the Wi-Fi in advance. So I'm thinking Wi-Fi is also a restricting feature of where we might go. I don't know. Yeah, well, once you find, would you be able to live somewhere where you can't make podcasts? And and what I also think is, I would, I really like Asia by the idea of it. I've never been there. I've never travelled it, but it, I think that that's really interesting. But also language-wise, how would I interview people there? Oh uh, yeah, it's easy. So. <laughs> You'd be fine. Oh, okay. No, Asia, I recommend Asia. Asia's, Asia's always on my list. I mean, Hong Kong I loved, and, and there are a lot of lovely places to live there. So, And it's really culturally very enriching. I have no clue. So that, that's, that, that will be basically the answer. I, I've, I've lived here. I've lived in Durban. I think I would be fine. And I, but it's, it's more the, the kids. You know, I don't want, I don't know if I want, them to move again would you do that again would you move again i think we would move one more time uh, we've said one more time yeah um but what does that mean i don't, I don't know I, I used to think we had to be home before zeke started high school all his peers started high school this year so now i'm like mm, yeah. maybe the last three years of high school it just depends. I think all the things you read about third culture kids and expat, long-term expats, yeah, 
you have to accept or after a certain point that when you continue to live the kind of life that we live now, that's probably something that's going to impact your children in their adulthood, whether that means that they do the same kind of thing or whether that means that they don't necessarily have a sense of belonging to any single place. Yeah. I read a lot about it. I try to try to think that we're all traveling our own path and, you know, my kids will end up doing their own thing. So yeah, I, I, I don't mind if they would travel, you know, because that's what we're basically doing. So I couldn't even say something about it, but I would mind if they have a feeling that they don't belong somewhere. Yeah, so I think that's a difficult that thing. Concern. Yeah, that worries me. You know, my kids don't want to move now. It's three years. I think three years is not long enough. I think four years is a good time for me personally. And I think six years in Hong Kong was too long because it was too hard to leave. Yeah. Oh, did you leave? Did you live there for six years? Yes. Long. Yeah. Then you really, then you're almost rooted like in a country. It was a long time. It, but, but you know what? I have friends who moved there when we moved there and they're still there now. So they've been there for sort of 10 or 12 years. That's a long time. I mean, that, that's their home. Yeah, no, I, I know. I don't know. I, we've lived in Durban for three years, and I think that was good because otherwise you are the longest living, no, not the longest living person, but the longest <laughs> living expat in a community is also not nice. You know, you see everyone leave and move and move on. When you, when you live in an expat community, right? But see, no. now you're not living in an expat community, and I'm not either. No, but people are, the people we, we made friends with, are not here permanently. A lot of people aren't. That's true for Bentonville because of the nature of... Yeah, yeah. And I I guess it's also true for Atlanta a little bit, except where we live is very relatively stable in terms of because people move here for the schools. So it is tough. Although someone has left while we've been here who who we made friends with. So it was kind of... In a way, I was very sad that they went, but I was kind of pleased because I wasn't the one leaving. Yeah. It was a very funny feeling, I have to say. You know, you've but you've got to embrace where you are and enjoy what 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 there is to offer, or there's no point doing what you what we're doing. Thanks, Ava, for talking and sharing. And uh, we'll I'm going to put in the show notes all the things that we talked about. So the cowgirls link and the routines link, and hopefully a picture of your lovely Dutch bike. That's really nice. Well, thank you, Nikki. Oh, thanks, thanks for coming on the show and being the first expat encounter. Yay. Oh, the first. The first. Oh, gosh. You're the first expat. And then I hear my own voice on the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, lots of gems there from Ava. I love the insight that only you can make you happy and you have to find that one thing. I also love the idea of turning routines into rituals and being more mindful of the everyday things that you want to remember. What was your favorite thing from the conversation with Ava? Share your thoughts on the Facebook page, Stories Not Stereotypes, or on the blog, storiesnotstereotypes.com, where you'll find the show notes from today's show and the links to all the things that Ava talks about, including her writing as well as the Dutch children's news that she listens to. We're also now on iTunes, so you can subscribe to never miss an episode. It'd be fabulous if you'd leave a rating and a review on there as well. That would be so exciting. This is a long episode, but it was so hard to cut things out. I felt that so much of what Ava had to say I wanted to share. So until next time, thanks for listening.